Alrighty, News Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show, hour number two. No idea how this will go. Going to give you the rope. You can make a noose or a hammock. It's your choice. B.K. McGinnis, he's running for U.S. Senate uh, against Sherry Beasley in the Democratic primary. And uh, welcome to the program, B.K. Hey, Pete, how you doing today? I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So um, you are the Democrat that Democrats don't think that they need, but they do. Do I have that right? You are the one that they need. <laughs> I'm the candidate that Democrats don't uh, think they want, but the senators that they actually need. Why? Uh, because I'm truthful. Here, here's why. Here's why. Uh, we, we, you know, we went back and forth on Twitter. And, and first, before I make you sound like an idiot, I do want to thank you. The media hasn't covered this race, and you're willing to step up. You know, hey, someone point out, oh, he's only got 500 followers. You know, you know that's... And we had to drop him because he just cursed. We we literally had to drop. You dumped him out. I give the guy an opportunity to come on the show. I give him the opportunity to come on the show. And the first sentence out of his mouth, he's dropping cuss words on an FCC licensed station. Give him a call back. We'll wait for the delay to ramp back up again. Bernie, you can give him a call back. Tell him, I I did not think I needed to advise him. He's a U.S. Senate candidate. I didn't think I needed to advise him. Do not curse on the radio. But i that's my mistake. My fault. I was operating under a different understanding. So, yes, this started on... Twitter, where after the vote yesterday in the U.S. Senate, B.K. McGinnis uh, went on to Twitter and he said, today's failure by the Senate to codify the rights of women into federal law was sad and unsurprising. We must look at new ways to counter the radical right. Here's my press release calling for expanding the Supreme Court to 17 justices for better representation. And then he asks for the retweet. Are we back into the delay, though? Ramp back up. We should be good. I apologize. Uh, yeah, this is you know, this is uh, public. That's who I am. So well, I, you know, I forget that I'm on radio. This is the way I talk. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, again, oh, we got that to look forward to if you win. But I'm not going to take your time. You you tell me what you want. Right. Well, I would. I want you not to curse. So let's yeah, start I, with I, that. I All right, because that's the FCC license, and you know we don't want to jeopardize that. Uh, uh, I understand and apologize. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so the. The first question I have for you was, why are you the candidate that Democrats might not want but need? Why? Well, because, uh, you know, um, you've got to file one way or another. You've got to be a Democrat or a Republican. But I think uh, my views, even though people may not agree with my, my views, they respect the fact that I'm going to be blunt. I'm going to tell them what I think. Again, I apologize again for cursing, but I'm the type of person that if I'm speaking to you, I'm going to speak to you like a normal person. I'm not going to speak to you like a politician. And so I think I'm, I'm someone that Democrats want, could vote for. I'm someone that unaffiliated voters who, don't, who want to vote for a Democrat will vote for. And I think Republicans who don't really want to vote Republican will, will vote for me as well, because at least, again, they'll respect that I'm going to be blunt and honest and tell them what, what's up. You know, I'm willing to sit there, tell them what I want. You, know, you tell them what I think. I'm going to sit there and take the yelling back, which I did kind of today on Twitter with you and, and some of the other followers. And... Uh, that's, that's how it works. That's how this process is supposed to work. Right. Yeah. To be clear, I, I, I didn't yell at you. I was asking you a question, which was, 
when 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 do rights obtain? I kept I kept asking you the question, so I'll ask you right now. Do you want to answer it? When do rights obtain? Well, again, I, I know you want me to say a certain thing. But I don't have any idea. No, hang on. I don't have any idea what you're going to say. I'm asking you when you think rights obtain, because that's the critical question. You're asking a chicken and egg question. No, I'm so, not. W- yes, you are. And here's why. Again, here's why. Because as soon as someone obtains rights, then at what point do they, they lose those rights? No. If a, woman, if a woman is supposed to have body rights just like a man, at what point in time does she lose those that you're going to force her to do something no. that she isn't? That's incorrect. The, the, the point of the, the point, and I wrote this to you, and I don't know if you saw it or not, but the, the point of asking the question of when rights obtain is because that then becomes the critical point at which you have competing rights between baby and mommy, right? That's the, because that's the core issue is whose rights supersede the others. So if you're going to make an argument to me that the women's rights are paramount in all cases, which it sounds like that's what you're saying, right? Like that there's no point when the, the in utero human rights obtain. Is that correct? What I'm saying is it is right. Uh, it should be. You can't say it's, it's one way or the other. It's a decision between a woman and her doctor what is best for her, just like every other medical decision. So the human in utero does not have rights that supersede the mother's rights. When is when is the uh, when is the uh, baby or where where you hurt in utero get their rights? That's my question. See the point? That's why I'm asked. That's why I say it's the critical question. But you just hit on it. Why don't, why don't you tell me when do you think it starts? I'm not running for U.S. Senate. You are running for U.S. Senate. I'm voting in the primary. I have I have an opportunity to vote for you, and I'm curious to know what your thought is. And I, I'm I'm genuinely perplexed as to why you cannot bring yourself to state. When you think they obtain, when you just said that women have the right to make their decision at any time. So it seems to me like that would indicate that there are no human rights that obtain pre-birth. Is that what you're saying? That's I'm asking you your opinion. You're the one that's going to be voting on this if you win, not me. Exactly. I vote for Women's rights, body liberty, the same rights that men have. Over, I'm not trying to obfuscate here. It's, I'm, I'm just telling you how it is. We keep talking about abortion or whatever else. Let me ask you this. You don't, well, you, no, 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 no. No, that, that's a deflective mechanism. The simple question I keep asking you and you don't want to answer it because I have a suspicion you know how it sounds, right? You know how this sounds. You're trying to reframe it into a certain way in order to make it an equality men versus woman thing, but you're ignoring the in utero human question and i suspect i know why but that's why i'm asking you when do you think those rights obtain do you think there are there's ever a point where a child in utero has rights is there ever a point uh i think so maybe when, okay all right so wh- when do you think that might happen i don't know do you think you should know when making decisions about what would be codified vis-a-vis roe and casey i I think what I, I know is that I'm not a doctor. Doctors know what's best for a patient and whether it makes sense for for an abortion to happen or not. That a doctor makes that decision with the uh, with their patient is absolutely true. But the state has a compelling interest in protecting rights of other humans. Okay. 
that's the point. That's why I'm trying to uh, that's why we're trying to kind of narrow down when the rights obtained, because when they do, then you have competing rights. So, for example, in Roe, well, right, there was there was no in, in Roe, there is the the trimester uh, uh, question or, or uh, standard was established. Right. Then along comes Casey. They introduced this whole viability thing, kind of scraps a lot of the stuff from Roe. So, for example, if the Supreme Court were to say, as they did with Roe, that uh, nothing after the first trimester, you're OK with that? What, uh, well, let me tell you one thing real quick. Um, I think they got the right decision in Roe. I think they used the wrong principle for it. It mm-hmm. should have been due process. It should have been equal protection. Okay. So that that's what I based on that. Now, yeah, that was now, that was Ginsburg's argument as well, but it didn't fly so and, and didn't take. So maybe there'll be another opportunity in the future for that. But we, so as far as when do rights obtain first trimester after the first trimester, is that an acceptable? Uh, what what is the what does the American Medical Association say? No, oh, well, this is under law. This is under the law. If you're constructing law, you're not you're running sure. not for a membership on the medical board. You're running for U.S. Senate. So if you're going to construct the law and you're saying that you want to codify Roe, then that's first trimester. OK. All right. So then we acknowledge that at some point women do not have the right the same as a man for bodily autonomy, specifically because they now have a unique situation apart from men, which is competing rights of a newborn or a, a rather an infant. Right. That's that. That's the so that's the standard row setup, right? Uh, is there ever a, a point in time after that first trimester where the baby isn't going to survive? Sure. And may and and the and the mother shouldn't have to carry carry sure. them through. Yeah, absolutely. Who makes that decision? Doctors and the yeah the doctors okay. do. Yeah. Well then, well, then why don't the legislation that the uh, that some of these states states are putting in place not covering things like that? Uh, they're making it uh, basically it's a subjective decision. I'll understand this. Let's keep going back to this. It's a subjective decision that a doctor is making what is best for a patient. Now, what is it? What is it doing when you're sitting there and telling a doctor you can go to jail if you if we figure out that you didn't make the right decision in this? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there are other circumstances where they there. That is the case for other things. But True. what it does is, again, that effectively eliminates. No, whether, no matter whether it's the beginning, before even the first tri- uh, trimester or after the first trimester. You know, this is, this is where it, it, it's all bad. So, it's better, so the idea here that you're positing is that it is better for the feds to come in, that the U.S. Congress should come in and just mandate that for all 50 states, do a uniform uh, law for all 50 states? Yes. All right. And how would you go about doing that? Amendment to the Constitution or what? Uh, I mean, that could happen today. Um, I think these decisions uh, by the are uh, illegitimate, illicitly created uh, Supreme Court mm. don't match, uh, don't make sense. Uh, you know, we've got nine justices. Uh, that's the same justice amount of justice we had in 1869. We had uh, 86% white the population at that point in time. Now we only got 56, but they represent 78% right. of the, the court. I want to ask you, hang on, I want to ask you more about this. Can you hang on through a break? Sure, sure, sure. Okay. I'm going to put you on hold. Well, we'll reclaim our time. Reclaiming my time from the from the we had to dump them out. And so. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender chatting with BK McGinnis. He's running for U.S. Senate on the Democratic ticket. Uh, the front runner in that race is Sherry Beasley. Uh, his website, by the way, is McGinnisforCongress.org. That's M-A-G-I-N-N-I-S for the number four congress.org um and so uh when we left off uh you were getting ready to go into the the court packing idea but i do want to make sure because i 
I want to I want to make sure that we finish what we started, which was when human rights begin. And if I heard you correctly, you're of the opinion that they do not begin until birth. They again, I'm, yeah, uh, I, yeah. You know, if that's how you want to pin it on me. That that's what I, again I believe. How, well, liberty, tell me what you believe. There are points on. Just yeah, tell me what you think, stuff. then. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm, yeah, I, be, yeah, yeah. I just keep asking the same question because you keep dodging it. And I, and, uh, so I guess I should ask this. Have you not ever thought about this before? Yeah, I have. Okay, and, so, so what did yeah, you come you're, to? You're, again, you're right, I guess. It does come. It does start at birth. You know, you have, again, you okay. have uh, what would be, you know, fully formed babies or whatever else. So th- this goes back to the Terry Shiavo case multiple years ago, and if people don't know it, then just look it up or whatever else. Mm-hmm. You know, what is a viability? Just because something is, you know, uh, looks like a human and, and has human functions or whatever else, w- what makes us human? And so, you know, you have babies. That's what people don't understand. People, women have, you know, babies who want their babies, who want their babies, and, and they're taking them to 34, 35, 36 weeks. There's something wrong with them. You know, they're, they're malformed. They don't have a brain and encephaly or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, technically that is an abortion at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And so they can be penalized for that in, in states like Texas. All you right, know, right, Oklahoma, right. the doctor for performing that can be that. So, you know, if you want to put it on a time like, hey, at birth, okay, I, I'm going to go with, with that. It matters with women. Uh, it's, it's body liberty, and it's up to the doctors. Here, here's the thing. It's also where, where I've been arguing about here is, you're, you know, you're saying it should be a state's right, and, and, and you're saying it should be a federal right, it should be a state's right. And I'm trying to say... Look, what we're doing is we're talking about the individual. The federal federal government's responsibility is to protect all Americans against abuse of power by states, and so that's why this is a federal. Except issue. the why it doesn't go back to the except states. the in utero so ones. There again, and talk about what you know when this should be or, or which trimester or whatever else. But See, this is a federal power; it shouldn't go back to the states. And it's about women having the right to their body. Right. Uh, except uh, except the in utero women, they don't. That, and that's the point. That's the well, reason why that's you know, the I, right. That's the reason why we ask why I ask, when do the rights obtain in your view? Because that then determines sort of your policy outlook on how you go about codifying those things. So I, you, you got to be so you got to be honest in presenting what it is that you stand for on this to say, look, I'm OK with any abortion after, uh, you know, up, up until, you know, exiting the birth canal because those rights don't obtain until the the human is out of your uh, utero, right? That's the idea. I'm saying uh, I'm not saying that. I'm saying at the same time, too, it's the doctor's decision with their patient whether it makes sense. You're not, or not. No, you're saying something different, and you you're saying something different because you don't want to say the thing that I said, right? You're saying something no, different. No, I'm. I'm Exactly so, all right, so hang say. on. So, all right, but then how does that square with what you just said about uh, protection of individual rights and liberties? How does that square if you believe that rights obtained before birth? Repeat the question. How does it, you just got through saying that the government is there to protect the individual's rights, bodily autonomy, that sort of thing. How does that, how, how does that square then if you believe that rights actually attach prior to birth? Does the state have no uh, no interest in protecting that in utero human rights? There is a point in time between uh, between 
birth and cre- you know creation or sperm or whatever mm-hmm. else that maybe somebody attains rights at that, that point in time. It's a subjective decision. But the point is, is again, what we're talking about is trying to take that decision out of the individual's hands. Yes, I'm that's what law does. The federal government no, that, fighting for individual rights, and you and the Republicans I, are the ones who are supposed to protect the individual rights. No, that's no, no, no. We but see, Republicans. This is the point, man. Republicans see themselves as protecting the individual rights of the baby, which is the. Uh, this is why I keep coming back to this point. You, it it does matter. It is a critical decision as to when you think those attach, those rights attach. Because then you set up the competition of the rights, and now you have to make, yes, a subjective decision, but you've got to codify it. And if you're not willing to even announce your position on when you think the rights attach, I can't trust you to write code. I can't trust we, you to write a law about I, that. I, you won't be honest with me about when rights attach. We've had, it's been, you're saying it's, but it's been, it hasn't been codified here for the last 50 years, but it was, it was okay or, or it was going through. So why do we keep talking about having to codify? When you codify it, you're taking the decision out of the individual's hands. That's what all law does. Roe did that. Casey did that. Did you, you, do you oppose Roe and Casey? No. Why? That's completely incoherent. They did the same thing. They did the very thing that you're saying we shouldn't do. But you say you support those laws. This doesn't make any sense. All right. Let me get to it real quick. I want to get to the court packing thing. And I read your press release on it where you said uh, you need to pack the court in order to get more justices so you can get your way. Um, Joe, and, um, and, and, no, no, that's what. Uh, come gonna, on. That's, if you're, if you're, hold on. If you're going to correct me about not yelling at me on Twitter. Now I'm yelling at you because you're incoherent. You're being incoherent. You're being deflective and you won't answer the I'm simple question. Deflective. Of course you are. Court packing. I said expanding the court. Of course you won't say court packing. The same reason you didn't say that you believe in abortion up until the point of birth, because they have no rights. You don't want to say that either. You don't want to say what your positions are. It is court packing in the historical sense, as the term was used under FDR. That was what it was. Court packing makes sense based upon demographics. Right. That's not packing. Right. It is packing. Absolutely, it is. That was the term used. You guys are changing the meaning of the term. You can't. I, I gave all the statistics on why it makes sense. No, I, I saw the your statistics. Of our country are different than right. 1869. Right. I agree. 85% of, po- of the population was white. I agree. It's not all white now. Hang on a second. Are you white? I am white. All right. Yes. Why are you trying to keep a black woman from getting that seat in the Senate? That's not because the, the black women are not represented in the U.S. Senate. Why are you trying to keep her off of the Senate? That's a great. That's a great question. Thank you. What's the uh, answer? Uh, because ultimately we need a Democrat in this seat. A white male Democrat, a white male Democrat to tell the black women what they should be doing as a Democrat. Well, you know, if this was a fair process, then she would have won it fairly. Then then that's fine. Well, you're running. It hasn't been one yet. Just because my goal is that I think I'm a better candidate to represent it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to sit there and lay down for somebody to represent it just because she is a black woman. But that's exactly what you're saying has to happen at the court. Many Democratic voters, especially younger voters, Mm -hmm. say, I don't care if you're black, white purple, gray, orange, or yellow, I want somebody who's going to represent me and is going to talk the way I need to. Right, but you literally spell out, you literally spell out a racialized quota system, essentially, for a Supreme Court makeup. But that, but... It means who who a candidate is and what they believe in. Oh, so so the race, the race and gender doesn't matter? My second biggest priority in my campaign is helping solve racial inequality. Oh, thank God, a white guy's going to... A white man shall lead us. Here's where I'm different from other Democrats, because I don't I think doing direct uh, trying to alleviate the racial inequality 
directly hurts. I understand it hurts white people. It hurts rural. It basically all these policies that we put in place that are trying to brand, put it into a specific thing in order to win votes. It hurts uh, America because it breeds resentment in the people who don't benefit from it. Benefit right. from it. I am, Same thing going on with student loans. All right, I got I, I got I, I got to go. You can either hang on through the newscast again. This is going to be a if long break, so, though. I, I'll stick around. All righty, we'll keep him around. <laughs> News Talk eleven ten ninety nine three WBT. All right, Young threw another. Uh, that one was a very long commercial break, only because we started moving spots out of the other break to put him into that one. Now we have to move some spots out of that break to. Give us some more time. So uh, B.K. McGinnis, he is a candidate for U.S. Senate. He's on the Democrat side, which, by the way, uh, B.K., I have to ask this. Uh, has there been any pressure like we've seen over on the Republican side? There's a lot of pressure on Ted Budd to um, to debate and he refuses to debate. Has there been any pressure on the Democrat side to have debates with uh, Sherry Beasley? Yes. And to no avail? So, um you know, I'm not the type of person to uh, build people or bring bring people down to build myself up, but that's kind of the whole problem in this. It's um, in this race is, you know, she was presumptive winner in um, December, and the, and the media hasn't covered this at all. Uh, there's been three GOP debates. You know, Ted Budd didn't didn't attend. That's understandable, but uh, the other ones did. Uh, zero were set up by the the North Carolina DNC. You know, North Carolina yeah. Democratic Party. Um, and it's because they wanted to shield her. You know, they know there are candidates out there. You know, I'm not going to say I'm the best candidate out there, but I've got a different viewpoint. Um, other candidates, even if they are uh, single-issue candidates, you know what? They've been going around for a year trying to give voice to that single issue, and they didn't get it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, can't, I don't think there's been pressure on the, uh, from the NCDP for her to do it. I think basically she's just telling everybody that she doesn't want a debate, and that's why we didn't have a debate. Um, and it's unfortunate because uh, we've got 10 10 10 other candidates in this race uh, and nobody knows anything about that. I, I got talking. One thing else is that I've got the, the, uh, I got the, the solution to world peace on my website, but nobody ever know because we haven't got any attention. So again, that's why I do want to say sincerely, sincerely that I appreciate your opportunity to speak with me because you had the fortitude to say, Hey, you know what? This guy, this guy may be a knucklehead, but let's go ahead and talk to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't call you a knucklehead. I said, you, you're not operating with logic, but I, I mean, it's, I guess kind of the same. I got a, a quick question. Is, is Mo Davis advising your campaign in any way? Uh, I am, I am my sole uh, campaign advisor. Uh-huh. Um, I've, I've been part of the, the, the Democratic Party for over 20 years, but I've not been in the Democratic Party uh, and this this race is exactly why. Yeah. Again, um, you know, basically manipulating the system, kind of, uh, in terms of not letting the other candidates speak up. Yeah. Um, this is why, because I'm I'm not going to, uh, you know, kiss butt or kowtow or whatever else. I've got opinions, and I want. I think a lot of other people, North Carolinians, have those opinions, and and they want somebody that's going to be a voice for that. And so, no, nobody's uh giving me advice or campaign advice or whatever else. Maybe maybe they should. Maybe after they maybe they said he should have got advice. But nobody has. And I, I want to go back real quick, real quick. And I don't want to cut you. Yeah. But you said, you know, wh- why are you such a good candidate or watch people looking? You know, my third other priority is small uh, is uh, strengthening small businesses. And that is why I'd be a popular candidate and win throughout North Carolina. Because you know what? If we strengthen small businesses, that helps not only in the urban areas that are food deserts and things like that, but it also helps in the rural areas where small businesses have a hard time competing against large corporations. And so, again, 
I, the things I talk about and the solutions I have are broad based. People may look at me and think, oh, maybe he's a, a wacko liberal or something like that. But mm. my, my recommendations are always indirect help. I want to elevate everybody regardless right. of color or whatever else. Uh, it's about helping everybody, not just specific groups to win votes. So uh, so would you be in favor of like, t- uh, massive tax cuts for businesses? Uh, not for corporations. Uh, corporations. No, no, you said small businesses. I mean, for the small businesses, whatever, and how would you define that? Well, so uh, so here goes. Uh, corporate tax rates, if you increase those corporate tax rates, uh, 97% of small business uh, owners uh, would not be impacted by that. Um, corporate tax rates are, uh, you know, there are small businesses already oh. working on small margins. Right, but that's a corporate. But that's not what I asked. So the corporate tax rate's different. You said we're talking about small businesses. Are you in favor of cutting taxes for the small businesses? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, so you don't want to help them that much. Right. Most of most of them are, are under are, are LLCs and things like that, and they're they're paying uh, taxes under um, mm-hmm. individual tax rates. Right, but you just said you wanted to help them, so a tax break would help them. No. No, it we, we've, we've had uh, reductions in corporate tax rates since 1950, mm-hmm. and our GDP has actually plummeted. So there's no, there's no correlation between cutting uh, taxes and increasing production. But, uh, but again, you went to the corporate side. I'm, I'm talking about the small businesses, and you're right, with the LLCs. I have an LLC. That's why I was asking. So am I allowed to get a – could I get a tax reduction because I have a, a small business and I could – Benefit is, is, that, is that the only way that to help small businesses? Would you like? No, to that's what, it's one way that. It, it, but it's definitely a, a it's a pretty good way if I get to keep more of the fruits of my labor for working 18, 20 hour days. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? If you're in a uh, low income or middle income, then you would benefit because I believe that uh, taxes for lower and middle income should be cut. So if you are a small business owner in a lower or middle income um, household, well, then guess what? You're going to tax cut them. Yeah, but most middle and lower income people don't pay any taxes to the federal government. Okay, you say. No, no, it's not. I say it's true. They don't. That's not true. What? So, what is the uh, what's the marginal tax rate, and what's the standard deduction for the at the federal level for the lowest income bracket there? Uh, do those people with their tax credits for kids as well, or the earned income tax credits up? Do they do they pay? Or do they receive more? Well, I guess it depends on what you're talking about, middle income. But if you go all the way up to say, well, let's go to the poor. We'll go to the we'll go to the lowest. The, we'll go to the poor, the lowest level. What what do they do? They pay in? Well, they shouldn't need to pay. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. You said that they do, and I'm saying they don't. Then you said, well, that's your opinion, and I'm just trying to figure out why you would believe something that's not true. It's not just my opinion. Uh, if, if if they're not already paying taxes. I can't say that they're paying taxes. That's not what I'm saying. Again, there are obviously people who aren't paying taxes. In, now, let me understand. Income taxes, everybody pays taxes, whether it's sales tax or other way. True. Those are, but those are state taxes. About, as people are not paying any taxes, they may not pay income taxes. Correct. They're paying taxes in other ways. Well, you're running for federal office, and so I assumed you were talking about the federal taxes versus state income taxes or state sales taxes or state property well, taxes. I think, I think it's important to clarify that because that is, that is one of those misnomers that, again, the Republican Party always wants to keep pushing that they don't pay any taxes. You're running for a federal Everybody office. Pays for taxes. But you're running. Matter. Hang on, BK, matter. you're running for a federal seat. Of course, we're talking about the federal tax structure. Taxes. Okay. They're still paying tax. Hey, all right. I appreciate you uh, sticking around so long. Good luck on the campaign trail. I got to run. I'm way late for another break. Mention three things about how better help. No, you can't.
News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. If you got some comments, you got about six minutes to call in and make them. <laughs> I guess I'm at the top of the next hour. I'm interviewing Michelle Woodhouse. Uh, and so then, but then after that, so you're going to have to wait a while. But if you want to, if you want to weigh in on this, I've got a bunch of emails and such to get to here. For example, uh, Pete, that guy says he doesn't talk like a politician, but he's speaking exactly like one because he knows how it sounds. Additionally, he doesn't understand Roe v. Wade. I could not keep my composure with him. Good for you. <laughs> uh, I don't have all these, these spam. Can't even tell. Scott says, who is this guy? He's horrible. <laughs> Thank you for allowing him to expose himself as a bumbling twit. <laughs> okay. Uh, on to the Twitter machine. This guy is a typical radical. Unbelievable. Um, Mandy says, spicy Pete is my favorite, Pete. Mike says, Pete, you are the man. Don't let him flounder. Really, that was beyond my control. He, he flopping, flopping, floundering. But this is what I mean, though. My, so my opinion in the discussion was irrelevant. It really was. Like, I didn't, I didn't stake out a position on anything. I didn't say this is when I think blah, blah, blah. I didn't say I didn't have to because I have I have a command of the topic. I understand it. I'm not saying I know everything about it, but I have an understanding of the topic. And so when having that conversation with somebody who obviously does not, which is kind of disappointing because he knew what I was going to ask him. I didn't give him the questions ahead of time, but I kind of did because this whole thing started on Twitter where he posted his press release saying we should pack the courts. No, I didn't say pack the courts. No, you didn't say, quote, pack the courts, but you said pack the courts, you, the court, the U.S. Supreme Court. He wants to blow up the size of the U.S. Supreme Court. He wants to add, uh, what, eight more seats so the Democrats get to control the outcome of all uh, of all litigation. They get to make rules on this super legislative body, an extra judicial body. Which is anti-democratic, by the way. Completely anti-democratic. The Supreme Court is not designed to be a democratic body. And so he says, oh, we need to get more representation on there. He literally says here, you know, Joe Biden, members of the Senate, have to expand our court to 17 justices and begin the immediate steps to appoint eight new diverse justices so we can have a Supreme Court of the United States that not only represents the proportional diversity of our country, but one that will better reflect the ideals and values of Americans, which the current court has shown it does not. It actually hasn't shown that. It actually hasn't has not shown that. In fact, the polling, as I just went over earlier, a woman's right to have an abortion is established by the Constitution. Who says that? Only a third of men and women. Federal courts should decide the legality of abortion. 13% men, 8% women. Bans after 15 weeks, two-thirds of men, more then two-thirds, or sorry, a little bit more, 65%. So it's 63% men, 65% women agree there should be a ban after 15 weeks. So actually, no, McGinnis's position is the radical position, not the court's. 